Hello and welcome to Running on Joy with Francesca Goodwin, the podcast that celebrates putting one foot in front of the other in whatever form that takes. This is a podcast that explores how we can live in a more connected, creative and compassionate manner for the benefit of our communities, our planet and our own mental and physical health. I'm your host, Francesca Goodwin, and every week I'll be asking a new interviewee what joy means to them. Running on Joy is ad-free, but if you enjoy the show, please do take a moment to leave a review and give feedback wherever you listen to your podcasts. You might also consider supporting the work of Running on Joy guest Dan Lawson through rubbish shoes and rerun clothing to end the cycle of wastage in the sports clothing and footwear industries. Follow at Rubbish Shoes and at Rerun.Clothing on Instagram for further information. Hello everyone, my guest today is someone who certainly has a tale or two to tell. They are a North Face Explorer team ultra runner and all-round enthusiast for the outdoors who have been a long-time voice for connection and inclusivity within the running community. They've run some of the most prestigious ultra races around the world, including the iconic Western States and UTMB, as well as epic adventures such as an unsupported 430-kilometer journey across the Gobi Desert. They hold the fastest known time for crossing the Balearic island of Mallorca on the GR221 and have just returned from a second solo self-supported attempt to run 340 miles from Santa Monica to Las Vegas as part of the Speed Project. Historically a relay, TSP, TSP lives and dies by the motto, no rules, no spectators, and in 2021 offered the chance for individual runners to make the crossing from LA to Sin City, surviving the blazing heat of Death Valley to finish at the famous Welcome to Vegas sign. I'm so excited to hear more about this, um, and I'll now let them introduce themselves in the manner of their choosing, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, gosh, that sounds, you've done a great job of, uh, of uh, kind of cataloguing some of my runs and things over the last, oh, a, a long time, I guess, m- many, many years. But um, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's, I'm excited to to talk about these and many other things. Oh, it's great. Thank you so much for joining me, James. And it's always tricky, um, as I was just saying before, before we hit record, when someone has such an incredible array of experiences and stories to kind of distill that into into an hour or so conversation. Um, so I actually just want to start with an impression that I took from the film Solus that the North Face made of your first um, speed project attempt. And that's of you knocking back a beer at the side of the road and saying, uh, to paraphrase it a little bit, all the medals and t-shirts, I don't even know what those are these days. And then we get this cut to your face gazing unflinchingly into the camera, a bit like when the camera actually just stopped a minute ago when I was recording. And you're sort of unashamedly vulnerable and beaten up, for want of a better word. And we're reminded very much that kind of when everything is stripped away, this is just about being human. Um, so who is James Poole, the human? Oh, gosh. How long have we got? Um, I started with quite, I've gone straight yeah, in there. Already. <laughs> well, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no like easing into this, is there? Um, I mean, I'll, very simply, I just, you know, since as a small child, just loved being active, being, you know, not not even running, just being outside and moving. And 
at the end of the day, you know, running, I guess, is the is is the more extreme version of, of one of one of the more extreme versions of just moving outside. And so that's always been part of me. I, mean, I didn't live in a particularly in a place I lived in in Hampshire. I didn't particularly wasn't you know in a in a suburban area. I didn't particularly have mountains on my back door or uh, you know anything particularly notable. But we just as kids got out and rode bikes to places that probably our parents would have been frightened at, at like seven or eight if they knew we were riding thirty or forty miles on you know Christmas Christmas presents of mountain bikes back in uh, back in the eighties. Um, but that kind of I guess sort of started my desire for adventure and being outside and and running and i think the more the more you do it the more one does it the more one finds uh, for me personally a desire to maybe go a little bit further or i guess the same as with our with our mountain biking adventures when we were seven eight nine years old you know you go a little bit further each time or you go somewhere else a bit different and i guess that's always been part of my sort of ethos for for just being outside and it's extended in my later later years to to running further and seeing more and spending more time outside when I can. But to your point about having a beer, but also finding a balance um, in my life alongside that, because it is, whilst I now earn my my living from outdoor sports, I still, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the only thing that I like to do. It doesn't, you know, it's not singularly the most important thing. Finishing a race is not the most important thing in my life it's having being able to do lots of things and and have longevity in those things is way more important than killing myself for a new marathon pb or uh you know running across the desert you know i like to i like to get off the grid i mean i, I work in in photography and content creation social media so i feel like i'm always connected um and that's great and it's brought me lots of opportunity but in those adventures is an opportunity to be off the grid um, to be away from that, from the noise, from the feedback, and I, so I, I don't, I don't really go into these things with a with a contrived idea of what they'll be. I just have this feeling sometimes, um, periodically, that I need to get, I have like an itch that I need to scratch, and that maybe is is running across a desert or doing something that allows me to push myself. But but uh, but I'm also not, you know, I'm not going. I must go and push myself. I'm just feeling like I need to go and do something wild. And that's, you know, maybe that's as simplistic as, as it is. It's not, yeah, it's not about, it's not about anything particularly deep, which may be a disappointment to lots of people, but it's just sometimes I need to move and a bit more than normal. I think it's a relief to hear that, actually. I think we can give these things so much profundity sometimes that we forget the very basic reason of of doing it <laughs> because we want to. Yeah, and and people beat themselves up about not achieving some things, some goals they set themselves. And I think it's you know it's important to have a goal in, in anything we do, not just in sport, but in you know, to have something that gives you perspective, gives you perspectives, and gives you drive. But for certainly in terms of running, it is a hobby, and so to be really hard on yourself because you didn't run a new PB at the London Marathon, obviously last week or something, it just seems. I get it. But also, you know, you have, have, be disappointed, but then also don't, you know, don't beat yourself up because there's another marathon to come and there's more time to be active and you can learn a lot from from not achieving things. And ultimately, if you really hate it that much, if it's the, if it causes you that much anguish, do something else, you know, because like life's too short to be beating yourself up about 
you know, not running five hours or four hours or three hours, it doesn't really matter the time, but, but those things are, you know, in the whole scale of things. And if anyone cares, find, find better friends or don't worry about it, you know, because it is just a nominal number on a nominal distance in, in all cases, you know, 5k is a nominal distance that doesn't really change the world. Um, a marathon, 26.2 miles. It's a, you know, it's not even a round number. These things are not that important in the whole scale of things. So do these things because they, because they ignite something in you or they make, they make you happy. And there's always going to be a level of dissatisfaction or you know, unhappiness in it because that's part of the process. But overall, if you, if you hate it, do something else. But we've all been there and like, and, and not had the, not had things go spectacularly right. And I think that's, you know, again, that's part of the process and you learn a lot by them not going right. But if you, if you know, if you go, if they don't go right and you can't get over it, there's, there's tons of things, you know, that you could do that would make you one would make one happier. So I'm a huge component in having more people go out and run because I think it's a brilliant sport. It has relatively low barriers to entry for people to go and do it. But also it's quite, you know, it's quite hard. It's a meritocracy. If you do more of it, you get better. But you've got to kind of find a bit of love for it as well at the same time to, to do more, to get better. And if you do hate it, and it's not for everyone, I get that. Do something you like. Life's too short not to. And as I said um, uh, be- before uh, we started recording, there were some themes that I that I drew from the film. And actually, interestingly, based on what you just said, like none of them were actually specifically to do with running. Um, and I wondered if you could reflect on some of them. And the first one is actually community. Oh yeah, I mean, I I've always been part of communities, I guess. You know, from athletics club communities when I was growing up, and then more latterly. Um, there is a, there is a still an online community for Advent running, which is 25 days of exercise in December. And it was a very active community in, in London for, for five or six years. And obviously then we got to COVID and it was very difficult to go out and be active in a group environment and what was obviously impossible. And, but, but during those 2014, a lot of that, that entity launched, but during that time, you know, community has changed in running and there's now thousands tens of thousands of community groups around the uk that are doing the same sort of things meeting up with a focus on being fitter and happier and enjoy and finding balance that that i don't think you know they haven't run anything continues at 25 days in december but doesn't now continue as a as a entity in in london because there's already tons of other stuff going on and that's great and i i feel like there's a few run communities that started those things and and now we have a blossoming you know collection of people whether you want your mum's running or your uh you know you want you like running with coffee or you like running for beer or this this community is all over the place now doing that thing and I think community and part of my community involvement in that is still is still I'm still there in London I still spend lots of time with community groups and I think it's an important part of of my uh, DNA in terms of running it's always been part of that. I still do several runs a week with different running communities in London because I just like getting out and talking to people, which is sort of juxtaposed to spending four or five days on your own in the desert. But, uh, you know, again, balance is this balance thing. You can do both. And I'm interested. Um, does that also link to what first drew you into the sport? Because am I right in thinking that there was a sort of interesting trajectory in terms of how 
like life before running and before your what is now a career for you in in the outdoor industries so I mean I've done so many different sports over the endurance sports over the years but but I was part of cycling communities and I certainly I think they were ahead or they still are ahead in many ways of of running communities in their sort of um ability to make it less about performance so if you join a cycling group a cycling club you go out on a sunday and you might ride a gift and 50 miles 100 miles and there'll be a cake stop and there'll be a very com- community social feel to those things and i think running over time is, is moving in that direction or has moved in that direction but it's it's still very much about you know largely about performance no one goes out on a, on a well, most people in cycling clubs don't go out on a sunday and then go back and study their splits and you know and and they go and have a cake and a, a coffee and people have an, ex, an enjoyment there are some negatives there are some cliqueiness to cycling clubs but i do think they have got that balance i mean we in london we have look mom no hands as a as a cycling coffee shop we don't really have a running version of that but i think that that community thing for me was which started in cycling and then i did iron man and there's there is a different community within the iron man thing but community's always been a big part of of my outdoor experience and i you know whilst all of those things are, are relatively solo sports as much as they're not a team sport it's not football we have 11 players on the side it's you know end, end of the day with running you have to go and do it yourself but there is a team element to the training and to the experience of getting to that solo thing and that's what certainly has been a big an important part of my of, of the 20 or 30 years i've been doing community type sports um has been a big part of it yes i would say it's it's helped me achieve many of the things that i i have done because miles shared sometimes is uh, the easier miles Mm, absolutely and how does run as you are um how's that evolved from that because i know that you are an ambassador for that Mm. and that's an online version of community in a way run run as you are is is a new thing and i still and if i'm perfectly honest i still haven't entirely got my head around how that will work in the future i mean what it is is a is a crypto based running community so it's global it's um it it, it has a the best way to think about it is a is a sort of more like a golf membership in as much as but transferable so it's transferable membership so you can buy membership you can you can join for free as run as you are there's it's a, it's connected to strava and you you can it has an incentivization within the platform to to be rewarded for running and you connect your strava to it and you can get points and um over time be rewarded with i guess product and access to things and then the more the more um involved element is uh, a crypto based um membership in which you can buy a membership and then that accesses you a higher level of of uh, um of i guess events and exposure to things and it's tricky because i think those those are that is the future in in many years time for a globalized crypto based community but it's it's not the simplest thing to to necessarily understand and um but i do think that's how you have a global community of people across the world that can connect is you start to look at those sorts of things blockchain based um communities but it's the best way most simplistic way to think about it is yeah is a is a gym membership or a golf membership which you can then sell to somebody and if the value of that 
having that value of that thing goes up, then obviously you make more money on it. I suspect what they really want to do there is just have a a, a group of people who are effectively invested physically and metaphorically into a into a running community globally. It, 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 it's it's much more, um, I would say about run as you are is right now, it's very, it's much more involved in the US. It's a US organization, but I think it's interesting. And I like to be involved in community in all, all types. And I think that's potentially maybe it'll never grow, it'll never go to fruition, but I think it's an interesting concept that you can connect people globally through, through, through crypto and through you know, the, the social media, through social media and through the web. And, and maybe there's another way of reaching out to people. If you go on a trip to Vancouver, that you can find similar people through your community. It's just another community, um, uh platform i guess yeah and it's interesting in terms of thinking about it kind of speaking a common language as as well and and running as a as a, as a means of movement is is a commonality that connects people and it and it does bring me actually to to my second theme that i wanted to reflect on which is discovery and the lure of the new mm. I, I mean that that's i think it's I talked on the uh, Runners World podcast, if you don't mind me just pushing that for one second, about exactly this, which, which is, and I, I've said this many, many times, just, you know, people might, if they've heard me on a podcast before, they might be bored of it, but, but you know, discovery or adventure is literally as simple as turning left when you always turn light, right. And I think as as runners, we probably tend to be quite habitual. I mean, I, I, I live in East London and I run around Victoria Park, which is my local park. I love it there. It's beautiful. And it's a 4.2 kilometer loop. And I, you know, probably do it 10, 10, 12 times a week, laps of that route, individual laps, not 10 to 12 runs. Um, and but but, you know, but the difference maybe is, you know, adventure could be just and I always go anti-clockwise because when you run on a track, you always go anti-clockwise. So I have this thing and I'm always like when I see friends, I'm like, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. You need to go anti-clockwise, <laughs> not, not clockwise. Um but that, I mean, that, that, that's in its simplest form is just doing something the other way, going clockwise when you always go anti-clockwise or going right when you, out of your door when you always go left. What, what could you discover? I mean, what, what, what could, there might be this thing that you've, you've never seen before, this amazing thing. And I think that's the, that's the most simplistic form of it. And I think we can be really easy, it's really easy to be, caught up in doing our little th same thing and not looking around. And to some extent, while I talked about goals being really important, they can also be, I think, be quite negative. And usually when we use goals in running, we talk about races because they're the most accessible thing. But you're always tra training for this thing in the future. So your mind, if you're not careful, your mind is always at a point in the future rather than being in the present today. And so... And that can, I think, can be can be negative because then we don't look around because we're thinking, I need to get this training run done today and tomorrow and you know whatever, so I can get this thing in the future and succeed at it. But we're so focused on the thing in the future that we don't spend any time thinking about where we are now. And so, for me, having those goals is important, but also spending some time in you know, if you, if you're training for a, a marathon or a half marathon, whatever, you're probably doing you know a few runs a week. It's a great opportunity to be, you know, to think about those runs individually rather than the big one in the future, which is really important and over potentially overwhelming. Think about the individual run, find new, find a new route, go somewhere different, make that training, make that 
that collection of runs to get you to meet your goal, the, the more important than the goal itself. And so whilst, you know, discovery might be running a, you know, a thousand miles across Alaska, as we talked about, or running indeed from LA to Vegas, it could just be finding a new coffee shop around the corner that you never knew existed, you know, and it doesn't need to be a huge adventure every time. And certainly my training you know, to do these races is largely in, in London. So finding new routes and finding different things is, yeah, it's part of that discovery and ex exploration. It doesn't, you know, exploration is a huge, has a huge meaning, but actually could be really simple. That's so interesting. And actually I've just been thinking, breaking that habitual cycle, that's, can be the hardest thing as well because we are creatures of habit and if just turning and going the other way that that can sometimes be harder than than being kind of promiscuous with going to far-flung places and changing all the time but yeah. taking that step in the opposite direction from something that you are addicted to in a way it's breaking an addiction isn't it yeah and 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 but this is why coming back to community maybe the community is the way you do that because you someone else shows you something and you, you, you know you relinquish a bit of control which is you go follow someone else rather than following your own route and that in itself is discovery and exploration and and I think that's probably how you create more interest in in running and more variety because if you you know if you're going to get if, if you're going to go and train for more difficult things and you have to do more running I mean the thing about running is there's not really any uh silver bullet if you want to do more distance, more distance, you need to run more. I wish there was a potion or a, you know, something you could buy that would make that easier. But ultimately, if you want to run a hundred miles, a hundred kilometers, fifty miles, a marathon, depends where you start. You have to go and run more. And so maybe finding some community groups or getting out all trails or Strava or one of them really good apps that are out there that can, I mean, all trails is really good. I've just I've been using it for a while and you just, um, you can find something to see within your route and it says you want easy and it gives you, you know, a five mile trail route from your, you know, and it tells you how to get there. Those sorts of things are a good way of just giving yourself some variety and making the it about more about the journey than the destination. So, you know, worry less about, the race, enjoy the journey to get there, and probably the race sorts itself out by the nature of you having a good experience and the way to get there. Mm, I really love that. I um for for a long time practiced Ashtanga yoga, which is exactly the same pattern <laughs> every time, but it's about what you're bringing from yourself to to each of the poses and finding something new in them and for me that was a really powerful thing because I realized that the newness was in me it, I didn't need it to come from external circumstances um, and I guess sometimes some of us kind of realize that a lot through through lockdown and things as well well how can we how can we find newness in in a situation that isn't changing very much um, well yeah I mean newness is, is everywhere you know ch change is constant and you just need to look and I think we, when we're very busy and we're, you know, we're very focused on something, it's very easy not to look, but it's, it's there. It, it is, you know, it, 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 we, even if you live in this, you know, wherever you live, you can always take a different route, take a different route. What's the, what's the worst that can happen? You, you know, if you don't like it, you know, do, don't do it again. I mean, it's, I think, I think the reality is, is that, you know, adventure is really simple. Just 
don't overthink it. And saying that you have obviously also traveled a lot with your running and what would you say is sort of your your takeaways from immersing yourself in different lands and cultures um in the very raw way that that running allows us to oh it's, it's been a huge um privilege to be able to travel and meet people and and i've met i've made friends all across the world who people you know who i see from time to time maybe only once a year at some something that i go to or they come somewhere but it, it it's been it, it's it Every, every even even like my runs around the park or you know being able to do that and get yourself in a position where you can go and travel and meet people is a huge privilege so hugely privileged and and hugely thankful to be, you know to be able to get to some of these places uh and and experience running in, in a, just a very different way and i think culturally if you go out to asia running is running certainly was and is for many people still the thing you do when you're late you know it's not a pastime it's not a leisure and, and that gives you again gives you some perspective on the privilege we have that we can go out and with our fancy running shoes and a fancy running kit and go and run the streets in relative safety but if you go to some of these places you know the running is you know, particularly places like china where the, the emerging middle class are creating a, a a running community of people who are relatively well off and are now doing it for for pleasure but you can go there and you can still find you still find a lot of people who are you know that's not, it's not there's no there's no time in their life for, for pleasurable pursuits like running they're trying to their subsistence have a subsistence lifestyle and they're you know they're, they're trying to scrape together a, a living but it's those things when you get out there and you just realize yeah one how privileged we are to be living in the uk doing it you know and it's it, times are tough right now but you still go out there and you, and you look around and you realize how much better we have it in in our own lives but but also just that run community is is ground zero in places like thailand and and china and they, they don't have 56 they don't have a roger bannister you know sub four minute mile they don't have 40 plus years of the london marathon running in their in their back garden they just it's like like brand new and it's it's super exciting and i would say anyone who has an opportunity to go out and do some go out if they go on holiday somewhere and you get to asia go out and do a run and engage with some local people and it's insane it's amazing and uh, it it excites me for coming back you know when you go out there i, I, I try and spend some time in asia each year I spent um, a month for the last two years in in thailand in december it's amazing I mean, it's just the, the culture of seeing like an emerging running culture uh, is insane. And, and just the enthusiasm for exercise. And you go to you go to Hong Kong and you can you can hike up into the into the hills outside the city. And there's people in their 70s and 80s doing Tai Chi in the, you know, in the mountains. And it's in they're all walking up there with their mats and they're doing yoga and et cetera. And it's amazing. And like that, that different, a different experience that we have for movement in some in some countries and some uh, cultures it's just so different to our our culture here which you know it's, it's become less about movement and more about more you know more tv and and other things where we don't get out and move as much as we we should more office-based work and which is you know net negative for for movement for us generally i think for for diabetes and for obesity problems and things but you go out there and it's like it's ground zero and it's amazing and I love it. And uh, yeah, if I could, the, the downside I have, of course, is that I also have a con conscious around the cost, the uh, the impact of, of travel. 
on the environment and that's not ideal so yeah there's there's always a downside to these things and i haven't quite worked out that other than you know contributing to offset carbon offset projects and things as well as much as you can i think it's something that is is really difficult and as we said you know running uh, and running in different places is such an amazing way of, of breaking down boundaries and connecting with people in this universal language that could be movement in whatever form that that takes but also and the reason that we run is also connection to the outdoors but to know the impact that we're also having by doing that um I think it's something that a lot a lot of people within the industry are, are struggling with yeah. at the moment yeah it's difficult it, this there's no easy answer I guess well there is an easy answer we don't we don't travel and we stay where we are and we try and use public transports and and more efficient few uh, forms of travel than aeroplanes but you know it's yeah it's a tricky one because sometimes there's a there's a need as well so yeah it's it's tricky I don't I think you know you look at that something like the green runners they seem to be doing a good job championing that sort of thing and they have some good spokespeople for that and so but yeah I, I think we can all make uh small changes to our, our lifestyle to to make those things uh a little you know maybe make less impact but it's yeah, it's it's not a simple answer for sure. If you go strip it back, you know, all of these things are absolutely unnecessary. There's no necessity to have a to have forty thousand people run through London, or there to be sixty nine teams, relay teams running from LA to Vegas. So you know, in in the most brutal respect, we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't do any racing. But you know, that's. An, the number of plastic bottles that gets used in a, a marathon is insane. Um, all those things are, and there are organisations such as Trash Free Trails who has, who's trying to encourage races to to be more environmentally friendly and have you know policies around that sort of thing. But they're very very difficult. I mean, yeah, the ultimate thing is we don't we don't do those things because they they are harmful to the environment. Mm. And I guess it's also how we weigh up because there is so much hope in that those images of people running together and enjoying that experience. There's such an energy. And we were talking just just before um, we, we recorded about the energy that was in London around the marathon. And there's something that is just so magical about that and and just epitomizes what kind of what it is to be human that that spirit and unity and it's okay how do we weigh up that with then you know the the impact of it as well, well and the and the fact that it might inspire people to go out and be more active and therefore avoid obesity and diabetes and and the impact that has on the nhs and and so these things that's why there's no simple answer right if you don't have the these inspire inspiring acts then you don't have maybe the benefits which is it's just impossible to measure and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I had wish I had an answer, but I mean, obviously people are not going to stop doing these things. And we, we see more and more growth of people being active and park run is a great example of more and more people um, going out and being active. If only on a Saturday for 30, 40, 50, an hour, whatever it takes them to do their 5k, it's not important. Those, those things are an important part of, 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 of making people more well. If that's the, if that's not a weird phrase to add, rather than you know, or healthier or fitter, but just allowing those things to happen, and all of those things also have an impact. You know, they, people drive to park run. They, you know, they. So nothing, nothing is um, 
it's guilt-free if you like but uh but it's tricky and we could probably spend hours debating whether how to do it and and you know for, for, my, for my part I don't it's not the answer but we you know, we try and live a, re- a relatively low carbon lifestyle if we can we don't own a car we don't we use public transport we in fact we run my girlfriend and I run most places if we can um you know we, we live in a small property we don't you know we don't we don't expend a lot of carbon in our day-to-day life but then we have these you know long distance flights and they 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 do they that is an issue so I don't, I'm not sure we're doing enough on the general day-to-day living to offset that, but we, you know, we've got a mind on it. And um, I work, for, I do some. I'm fortunate to be involved with Tenzing, uh, the energy drink people. I just give them a plug because they do offset as part of my arrangement with them. They offset my carbon from travel, and they have um, things like a clean air tracker for London, which they're trying to roll out um, a more more across the country which allows you to look at uh, clean air and, and choose your run based on clean clean air routes rather than the, the, the more unhealthy ones so there's there's things that can be done i'm not sure that offsets my carbon but they do some work around that to, to help me and then they they're trying to obviously also reduce emissions in by giving people advice on how to run and how to move and actually everything that we've been speaking about is the kind of the 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 negative impact of the industry is the extraneous sort of the stuff that goes around it um and and so much of what you do is about self-sufficiency and and doing it your way and I was wondering if you could reflect on on that and what that means to you to be able to do it for yourself and I'm hugely positive as a as an individual about running and I love getting out and seeing people doing it and I love being part of those community but I do think I personally love the self-sufficiency of of these of some of these things because I think that's the the purest form way of doing it. I mean, it's just to do it yourself and the terrain and the conditions and you against the world in many ways. And and it's amazing what we can do when we put our mind to something. Amazing what we can achieve. And to be to be simplistic about it. And and I I don't I don't do these things to try and to try and be a guide for other people i just do it's actually quite opposite it's quite selfish act you know i ran la to vegas this year with a backpack and no crew so i didn't have somebody fortunately took my uh all my luggage from la to vegas so i didn't have to so they could so i didn't had change of clothes when i got there but i i carried what i needed for five days in a backpack um no change of clothes i slept in derelict buildings and and under bushes and things and and i but i think it's it, 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 again without wishing to get all holier than thou it's this is my choice and this is you know a, a very raw way of doing it but people have their lives where they haven't don't have a choice they're escaping syria or many of the other war-torn places ukraine and they, they they're fleeing that you know they don't have a choice about sleeping outside and even in our own country we have people who are sleeping rough um and this you know so it's not it's not a hardship if you think that you're making a choice to do it. I'm not being forced to do those things, but it does give you again some perspective about how privileged you are to come back home at the end of it or when you get to the end to get to Vegas to stay in a in a hotel and realize that you, know, you could or, or at any point during those days I could just cut it short and get in a Uber even if it was very expensive and get to somewhere safe. And so I don't know. I, I, I don't do these things for those reasons, but it's, uh, when you're doing them it does 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 weigh on your mind 
that whilst you're having an experience people that you know that you've chosen to people have that experience thrust on them and there is no choice and so i don't know do doing it doing it solo is is just for me feels like the right thing for me other people do it with crews and they have a and they and they, they doubt they have a better time than me because i see them you know in their with their crews all like high-fiving and, and like you know, eating that nice food their crew has got them from some place and i'm you know la to vegas you know, walking down the road looking in my bag at bag of m&ms or something and it's it's a bit you know it, it, this is the beauty of of running an adventure as you can do any way you like there's no wrong or right answer do it the way the most if, if you want 25 people to run alongside you over 500 kilometers that particularly in the speed project which you know has no rules do it if you want to be one guy with a backpack that's cool too it's just there's not many things where you can races in particular where you can just make it up as you go along and have your own have your own party is that something that drew you back to the speed project for the second time because although as we've discussed you you like you've been drawn to trying new things but the speed project is also an example of a of a return and I wonder how those two experiences differed for you and and what you discovered through through that second attempt so I had no intention of returning at the end (laughs) and even even this year I had no intention of returning to run it but I did want to go it's one of those it is the it is a real quirky community and once you go there and you kind of experience it it sort of gets under your skin and so I wanted to go back and be involved in some way. And as a professional photographer, I wanted to take photos because I thought maybe living with a crew in a van for a a week or for a few days because they, they do it. The, the relay races are much faster, uh, even maybe as a solo it would have been a really good experience. But the things that I wanted to do didn't quite pan out. And then with two weeks to go, I had flights um, and I well, I sort of, yeah, it was a bit more complicated, but there was, there was a, re, there, there was a, there was an idea that maybe I should just go and run it. And to answer your question about the, having a film was an absolute, again, an absolute privilege. And it was North Face produced this film, which was great. And it's been, it's been well received and people, you know, people always, people who see it are always like, oh, it's amazing. But it wasn't, it wasn't a real, it wasn't really a story of my journey because everything, you know, because it was 12 minutes long and it took me, you know four and a half days to get there so it was just sort of it was sort of an abridged experience that missed a lot of the best parts and also when you have a film crew with you there's an element of you have to you know I was worried that I didn't we didn't have the footage for this and that and so you end up I waited at places there was an element of of um friction between the film crew and me because I'm doing something really hard and and they're not there when it matters and it's not really their fault but it, it just left me feeling like it wasn't the experience I wanted. And the experience I wanted was the experience I had this year. Um, but obviously, you, you know, you're in this, you can't really document the experience that you have um, when you don't have, when you have a film crew there. Because it's, you know, it, by, by the nature of having a film crew there, it isn't the experience you wanted. They, they're going to they're have to, you're going to have to be, they're going to have to be involved in a way that sort of, if, in, in this case, detracted from my experience. So, long answer a long answer to a short question i just wanted to go back and do it my the way i wanted to do it for the film and you know the greatest thing would be to have a fly on the wall team that you know made it look like they weren't there but they you know so this year was was stripped back um and yeah me and me and the road and a backpack 
And in fact, the conditions were wild, snow and rain and and very difficult, very different conditions. But it was great. I mean, we, I wouldn't change it for a for a second. I th- actually, I actually think it was in many ways it was easier. Uh, I, I had less pressure on me to to push when I, you know, when I, I'd, I could sleep when I wanted to sleep. There was nobody, you know, you didn't need to meet somebody at some point in the film crew at some point down the road. I just slept when I wanted to sleep and stopped and ate and yeah it was it was different uh i felt le- i felt less emotional about it this year when i finished um, as you know you know there's some quite emotional moments in solace and the finish line getting there when i got there this year i was like yeah it, i felt like happier about the whole experience but i didn't feel as emotional and it's just it was just a very very different entirely a different experience and if i did it a third time i'm sure it'd be a very different experience again it's just yeah it, it's 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 crazy it's difficult to even now, a month later, it's difficult to put it kind of into words what happens and yeah, and and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, challenge challenging to put into to to articulate, to be honest. It's interesting because suffering comes in in many forms and it can be the physical and psychological, and it can also be the 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 burden of sort of need feeling that need for performance or, or putting on a face and there's there's an interesting um reflection from uh your photographer James when you're doing your Gobi Desert crossing mm. um which is I've never seen someone so close to the edge yet able to continue regardless I know from my own experience of running ultra marathons that after 20 plus hours on the go I don't have the patience for photos chat or anything much beyond head down gritting things out James, however, never failed to respond whenever I asked for a portrait. Um, and we see that kind of a- acceptance of suffering, I think, in, in Solace uh, as well. Um, and I wonder, what would you say the sort of your your the purpose of the suffering is in those moments? Because I know it's something that you kind of reflect on as well in the film, kind of suffering and it's necessity and also the notion of sacrifice too yeah i mean i mean this is this this you kind of hit the nail on the head with my point about doing it selfishly myself because if you have a photographer with you or you have a videographer with you you, you have to turn on you, you turn on something that says do you want to get the photo do you want me to run up and down this road back and forth and i've and you you, you know and it and it's again it's it's the privilege of having somebody there to shoot you does it make it the, the the raw experience you want? No, of course not. It, you know the the nature of having somebody there taking you know who's an incredible photographer or videographer taking videos and photos of you in itself is ridiculous. So you but you so you turn on this thing that you can that I that people I've not the only one but you turn it on for that for that moment and you muster a run when you your legs hurt and you but that's not sacrifice. That's that's privilege that's the joy of of uh of doing these things and having someone along is that this this person's going to create this incredible story of you and whether that be a still story or a moving story they you know so you can't help but but do those things so there's no, there's absolutely no sacrifice and in that respect i think sacri- sacrifice is and i say this in solace is like a necessary you know because if you don't sacrifice you don't find the hard then you don't find and you don't find difficult and unpleasant then you don't find i don't think the the other flip side which is the joy and the and the pleasure and so it's you know it's very easy to live our lives in the sort of mediocrity of the, the middle of the road and 
so you put yourself in a bit of discomfort and it, it passes and you find you know at the moment the runner's high or whatever you know whatever you want to call it but you find a moment of pleasure which is maybe it's completing something maybe it's you know when you do something like a, a, a speed project it's finding a a gas station you didn't know that you know that that was open open and getting a, a terrible you know hamburger or something in there because you haven't eaten for 12 hours it's just amazing how the small things it, it for, for 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 speed project 2022 water you know something we take for granted every day we don't have it it's amazing how when you manage to get yourself a cold bottle of water how in how intensely um flavorsome it is and how amazing it is and suddenly this thing is the greatest thing you've ever drunk and for a few moments you you live these very like high moments and then there's periods when you're obviously on the, the flip side and uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really know I don't know how how deep and uh, how dark it has to get to make you know to make it more light on the other side but yeah I mean what what's the point in not not find trying to find out and within a relative I mean the speed project last year was very that ended up being very dangerous because of the amount of snow uh and and so, but you know, so I was close to finding the the real edge of my of physical and and well, physical limits to the point where I could have not come back last year. That's that's as close as it got to to being very dangerous. Um, but then that's you know, I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation again. And I manage my risk reasonably well. But you you know, when you step out in something as difficult as a speed project or a Gobi Desert, there's an element of of risk. That you can't control and that's at the back of my mind and the more you do it perhaps the more carefree you become the more tolerant to the risk and that creates potentially more problems but but i think this the sacrifice is an important part without wishing to preach for anyone who wants to do something elevated i think harder than they do already you how you can't we can't think we're going to in our busy lives we have if, if you're a professional athlete different story because you know you're paid to train for this thing and basically all you ever do is work on achieving this goal and you, you know you as a runner you might you know the, the, the athletes in Iten and in Kenya might run twice a day and in between those runs they sleep and they eat and they repeat but for most of us we're we're juggling family commitments and children and jobs and all those things and the idea that we can go and do something like run a marathon and not not have to sacrifice something is perhaps a little short-sighted and so i think with, with you know to the idea that you're going to find more time to run in your very busy life to do a marathon is just not realistic so the idea so the sacrifice might not be a very physical sacrifice it just might be you don't watch coronation street is, this, is coronation street still on i don't know you don't watch coronation street yeah three three nights a week you know that and that, there, there you go there's 90 minutes of time to go and train and i think that's you know of everybody sacrifice is just rel relative and there's a sacrifice of doing the thing but there's a sacrifice in the in the training and the idea that you're going to find extra time to, to do anything new um is is short-sighted and so certainly the people that i have coached historically we've had a long conversation around what are you going to sacrifice to reach your goal and the more you're willing to sacrifice the easier or the quicker that goal achieves and uh, i guess the ultimate would be if you gave up your job and you didn't have to and you had some way of 
paying to live, you could put all your time into achieving your goal. For most of us, that isn't, that's the most, I guess, the most extreme element of sacrifice is you give up everything for your one single-minded goal. Most of us, we don't have that luxury. We have to give up not watching Coronation Street. You know, maybe we have to give up 30 minutes of sleep in the morning or we have to give up our comfortable bus journey or car journey to work so we can run there instead. It's just a case. Sacrifice is, is important part of achieving goals. I think if you haven't got the luxury of, of just time and we're all time poor because i kind of within a roundabout in a very jumbled way i've sort of i feel like there's the sacrifice in the doing but there's also a sacrifice in the getting to the doing if that makes sense and and it makes it sound awful the second but that sacrifice doesn't need to be bad i mean like give up 30 minutes of 90 minutes of coronation street for 30 for 90 minutes of being outside sounds like a sounds like a win to me but does finding your limits scare you? Uh, no. I mean, well, I don't know what they are. So, I, I, you know, I, I, why would I be scared about finding something that I don't even know what that limit is? I mean, there's, yeah, there's, you, you can have a, you know, everyone can have a rough guess about what their limit is. I think people underestimate their limits. Um, I'm certainly you know, going out and doing something that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't scare me um, in the slightest. I think it's, if you don't, if you don't achieve it, then you can come back and yeah assuming you don't die on a mountain in in uh los a in outside los angeles then yeah you can go back and have another go so what you know i think we should be less scared about failure because it's a natural part of of success the same the same with sacrifice and and joy or sacrifice and success you know it's the same it's the same metric it's well, it's a similar metric if you if you don't have, you have to have one to have the other so to fail is fine as long as you keep it in context and ultimately i'm doing these things because i love doing them not because anyone's forcing me to so if, if i don't you know uh, uh, this year's um speed project in day two it rained and it snowed and i frankly wasn't prepared for those conditions uh obviously carrying my own stuff meant that i was limited by what i could take i can't i couldn't really take anything just in case I had to take things that that were important and would be used. And so to that end, I almost had nothing in my bag that didn't get used. But I, I, on day two, at the middle of the night, I was walking on the hard shoulder of a of a road and the traffic is pouring past and people are literally slowing down and saying, are you OK? Do you want to lift? Because the weather was so bad and so awful. And I booked into a motel and had a six hours sleep and dried all my soaking wet clothes. And at that point I was done. You know, I was like, if it's raining like this tomorrow, I don't think I have the the physical, I had the physical ability, but I just didn't want to carry on in those terrible conditions. And so that's, I guess, kind of the limit. And you wake up and the summer's out and you get up and you get, get on, get on with it. And yeah, it, it's, your limits are, are there, but you can always push through them and they things you know things get better and and there's obviously physical limits I'm, I'm not getting any any younger i'm not in any i you know in any disillusion that these things will get more difficult physically you know the recovery of them becomes longer um the ability to run faster disappears when you start to get you know once you get beyond 40 there are some physiological changes that make those things more difficult but you know it doesn't really it doesn't really change my mindset about about 
pushing and doing something else. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it's interesting because in terms of measuring success at the end of solace, it seems that you find the release and the joy from the fact that your ideal finish line is one where nobody cares because you're sat under the Vegas sign and there's this amazing shot of, you know, all the crowds walking by and you stump there and you, but there's this, there's this kind of exhausted elation at the fact that just uh, these are people getting on with their lives and nobody knows what you've done. But it's not that important, is it? I mean, it's, it's just running from one place to another. And I think it's, it's, what is important is that we, we all keep perspective on this thing we do and we love as a sport and it's just running you know it, it isn't anything more complicated than that and once it gives us a lot of joy and it can give us a lot of pain um it's just a simple act and stuff goes on and if you don't achieve the thing you don't get to the whatever your your virtual las vegas sign is take stock look at what you learn have another go you know, it's it's not that important. Keep it in perspective. There's much more important things going on in life. And I think that's what's amazing about the Las Vegas finish line is that people don't know, don't care uh, about what you did. They're just doing their own thing. And I like that. You know, I said that in the film. I like the fact that people don't care. It's not that important to them. And why should it be? Yeah, it's something that I reflected on um, with Peter Bromker when I interviewed him, this idea mm. that there's this thing that matters so much <laughs> to those of us that do it, but it's also meaningless. And I'm curious to get your take on it, that also, if it's meaningless, why does it matter? Well, we all have things that are important to us, don't we, that you know that, that are important to only you or, or me. And we can no one else can ever understand those things and i think it the the, the need to achieve, you know to push yourself is it, it's not for everybody you know so, and people can quite happily be sitting here going well i, I don't i've no no desire or need to go run from la to vegas and and that's fine i totally get that there's no, no reason they should um but i think everyone has inherently a desire to be better versions of themselves but only only you know only they know only i know what that actually looks like or what what it could look like and i think running you know is a very easy way of of helping us maybe achieve that and finding something about ourselves along the way much as i guess there's many other sports i guess we just that's our our chosen chosen path to enlightenment to to self-actualization is that we do it through running and and other people shouldn't necessarily uh relate you know they don't need to relate to that if, if that's not their thing but I don't think anyone's out there who doesn't really want to be a better version of themselves. I was put in mind when you were talking about uh, sacrifice and just now enlightenment of the um, the marathon monks who run for a, a thousand days. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was reading some comments from one of them at, at the end of it. I think the interviewer was looking for him to say what he'd discovered through the process. And it was just that I'm here now. <laughs> And I did this thing and there was no kind of great revelation really other than I, I survived and I went through that process and it was just about the journey. There was no arrival. <laughs> no, and I, I can see that. And you can, people who do run, being very run specific, the run streak thing, 
which was obviously very prevalent during COVID. And and I think I'm not sure a lot of people a lot of people did it, and I'm not sure people learned anything from it, other than if you have to get up and do the same thing every day, you can. They didn't find any moments of enlightenment. They found not actually that much joy in it because I think that I don't think they did it wrong. I just think they didn't spend enough time. They spent more time thinking about the thing they were doing than the than the, than how amazing it was to go out and move. You know, I think that's the challenge with those like the, the monks and doing a, whatever it is. A, I can't even remember all the, what the, the thing is with the monks, but let's say 365 day run streak. Well, you know, repeating something over and over again isn't necessarily a isn't necessarily a sign of enlightenment. It's just ability to repeat something. I've, I've, we've all been doing it. We get up every day. We open our eyes since we were born. Doesn't make it necessarily a, a meaning a thing of enlightenment. I think what the people who do those run streaks well is to actually realize what they learn about themselves. And I, 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 I mean, I haven't spoken to many people who've done you know three hundred and sixty day five days of five k or whatever who've really sort of blown me away with any sort of thoughts of enlightenment mostly it's just that they just realize they're a bit fitter but i think they're looking at the wrong thing I think that without wishing to criticize anybody you know it's not it's not the doing it's it's not the ref- repetition that's the, the cool thing it's the what you learn about yourself from doing those things that's the cool thing but people runners in particular we get caught up in numbers you know we get caught up in segments and strava stats and things and i think if you if you do a run streak with a focus on data you miss the point of doing a run streak which is the joy of movement which can't be measured in strava sadly there isn't a there isn't a segment for joy and i, I was actually talking to somebody this week about their training for a london marathon and i felt they didn't really have a very good experience because they were following a a coached plan and that plan told them this and told them that and you know told them how far to run and, and how fast but they didn't it sucked the joy of the run out of it and i just suggested that maybe they had the wrong plan you know that they needed a structured plan but the, the structure maybe the maybe the element of the metric of success wasn't miles and times and splits it was actually how did you feel was it good and would you, you know, what could you do to make it better? And those soft metrics would maybe be better for for her to train. And that's not so easy, and it's not as easy to see on, you know, on a, on the on your laptop. But but I think those are the those are the things that really make runners amazing because the the numbers are there or thereabouts. It's not you know running is running and performance is not is is a science, but it's also an art form and it's a a motive experience and if you go out and enjoy every run you do on your training for whatever it be a 5k or a 10k or a marathon or doesn't matter if you have a good experience in that journey i think you probably have a good experience on the day you know because you you banked all those positive moments and you you know by nature of enjoying something you do it more and if you do something more particularly running you tend to get better at it and so you can create your circle of success, not by studying numbers, but by having a positive experience, which makes me sound like super <laughs> Buddhist, you know, hairy, airy, fairy. And I spend plenty of time, no, well, don't worry, looking at my own <laughs> numbers. But I do think overall, right, uh, you know, driver is 
have have fun if you're not going to win it it's not going to pay your bills make it fun make it you know make it uncomfortable when it needs to be uncomfortable but overall come out with a positive experience if it's if it's net negative if you have more time where you hate it than you than you than you love it take up chess or something else (laughs) and I sort of hate to ask it because we have been reflecting so much about being in in the moment um but you are someone who is in motion and I'm curious what's next for you nothing immediately I mean you the speed project wasn't planned so that was a bit of a yeah which which, which again is a bit you know two weeks before to go and run 500 kilometers um there's some there's some things some exciting speed project-esque stuff on the horizon way more dangerous way more wild but also we come to that comes you know some concerns over that level of risk and so i need to and finance because it's not going to be cheap so but in the meantime just going to go out and you know we i'm going to give a shout out to um uh, a little a group who we run with a lot called Run Dusty in London, and they're super nice guys and girls. And it's about drinking a beer and having a run, and just going to go out and spend time in London in the next few months doing that sort of that sort of thing, running running regularly. You know, back get back into a routine after Rotterdam Marathon, and then I don't know. We'll, we'll be in probably be in Chamonix for for UTMB um, as as ever. I've been going for the last ten. 10 years so it's always good to catch up with friends and do some of the north face will have some some activations around around that that event but otherwise no, no nothing i mean don't, i don't need to you know don't need to be wishing my world away with lots of future plans for events and races and just sometimes it's good to take stock and think about i haven't really talked written anything about um this year's speed project so i've been going through i, I mean i took my own camera so i have a a big stack of photos of my experience, my journey told by me, um, which I need to like now kind of put into, into words, but otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to go and enjoy, enjoy running around in London and maybe get some trips out for the rest of the UK. And um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing nailed down, just going out and moving. I think I might know part of the answer to my final question, which is, what does joy mean to you? Of course, the, the, the joy question for your podcast. Um, I mean, sim- simplistically, m- moving every day doesn't need to be far, doesn't need to be fast, just needs to be out, outside, outside for me. You know, I'm not, I'm, not a tr- I'm not a gym bunny or a treadmill runner. And uh, I just need, I don't care whether it's snowing or it's freezing cold or raining. I'd always be outside rather than inside and just taking some time to look around, even if it's grey and miserable. It's better than staring at the walls in my book. So really simplistically, just movement. That's the joy, the joy of running, right? It's just movement and and movement at whatever speed is your speed. My speed doesn't. You know, if that's walking, great. I am so grateful to the community that is growing around the podcast and if you've enjoyed today's episode I would so appreciate if you can share it with your communities and help spread the message of support, perseverance and joy further. 
If you have any feedback or suggestions for future guests, you can find me on Instagram at running underscore on underscore joy. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time for Running on Joy.